0: And now, from the Lithia Body and Paint Sports Desk, powered by BMW of Des Moines, this is an X's and O's update on 1460 KXNO. O.
1: Trent Condon. The Iowa Cubs open the 2019 season tomorrow in Nashville, the first of five games against the Sounds. The i Cubs home opener next Tuesday against New Orleans. The Iowa Wild's losing streak is up to six after a 5-4 loss to Tucson. The rematch with the Roadrunners is tonight. Hear the game on 1460 KXNO. To baseball and the Brewers keep winning. And a high pop up. It's going to stay playable. Under it, Shaw. RC is there. It's RC, and the ball game is over. Josh Hader does it again. Brian Anderson in Fox Sports, Wisconsin on the call. Josh Hader picks up his fourth save of the season. To Kansas City where the Twins were in town and Nelson Cruz, big again.
2: Through the hole on the right side and deal will score the go-ahead run. Polanco to third base and Cruz delivers again.
1: Twins win it 5-4. to four, The call from Fox Sports North.
0: Live from the Wild Rose Casino in Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. To the best of my knowledge, we haven't asked Big Voice Guy to recut that. Hawkeye Cyclones, Bulldogs, Panthers, Huskers. <laughs> Slow down, you're going to make some people mad. Uh, no, we're not going down that road. No, no. no. Uh, but we are going to talk about Scott Dockerman's find, and it's being um, debunked by the Iowa Sports Information Department already, Matt Weitzel, Big Matt. So let's uh, let's reset the story. By the way, we've got our White Sox winner, correct?
1: We do. We uh right away, in fact, uh, just a minute or so afterwards, yeah uh apologies to the craw. And I want you to apologize
0: for him because it's the picture of him wearing his white Sox gear, this is a big dude. I don't yes. I think we're gonna give away another White Sox flag at some point <laughs> during the season. I want the craw on my side. The craw is
1: my kind of guy, and he's at same Betty's.
0: Where's Sam Betty's? I remember Sam Betty's
1: second. I, I, I don't remember say something like that. I saw the owner had recently passed away, and uh, there's a GoFundMe to kind of help keep everything going and keep everything up and running. But yeah, one of the owners had passed away recently. There was a story. I think KCCI had it, Mm -hmm. and there's a GoFundMe page. But boy, I mean, it's been I've lived here now 12 years. Mm -hmm. Probably 11 years ago, I think was the, the gotta get over there again. Good place. I'll, I'll Lots take good for it. I, I, um, yeah, it's food, right? Yeah. I think, I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> We're not exactly foodies here. We're
0: not. Uh, so we will, um, congratulations to our winner. Our winner was, uh, Tyler Wells. He won the White Sox. He was the first White Sox fan to get a picture to us. We will do it again tomorrow, but there'll come a point sometime this summer where, uh, we'll do uh, White Sox again, I'm assuming. So earlier in the program, we talked about the, the rumor that was out there, the, the flirtation, perhaps. Mm hmm with Fran McCaffrey, Richard Patino, and Eric Musselman. Musselman, Nevada Patino, of course, the Gophers. And uh, we know where McCaffrey uh, earns his living. And there was some talk that Arkansas was had spoken to all three of those coaches about the potential to gauge their interest in, um, in, the, in the opening uh, in Fayetteville. I would have thought that they probably, before they would have got on an airplane, there would have been some preliminary conversation. Mm -hmm. I don't think you just jump on a plane and randomly go to, you know, any one of those three, Reno, Minneapolis, or Iowa City, just on the chance that, you know, the coach might be there and you get an opportunity to speak with him. So there'd already been some contact and something had been set up. At least that's the way I would perceive it. Mm -hmm. Right? Right, right. Scott Dockerman, being Scott Dockerman, again, he was the one that found the contract that was um, submitted and signed under a cloak of darkness, the extension that Gary Barda gave to Fran McCaffrey and then decided it was in everybody's best interest. You know, let's just keep this to ourselves, right? Mm. Not real proud of this extension, so let's not go public.
1: Things weren't going well. They finished seventh place in a non-conference tournament that wasn't very good. Would they lose to? Oh, trend was Louisiana awful. Monroe and like and South Dakota State. I think were the Thanksgiving two lost. tournament. Yeah, right. it Was this was a team that had expectations? Right. I remember
0: talking about Hawkeye basketball and being pissed off at more me more so, but you because you went along with it when we would bring it in up in October and we yeah. gave up football airtime because we were so pumped about that season. And they went four and fourteen, in and they the Big went 10. four and fourteen, right? And then the contract extension that they kept to themselves. So, anyways, to, to the here and now, uh, these three coaches are apparently on the list for Arkansas. Again, you just don't jump on a plane if there had been no prior contact to a meeting. The plane and Scott found this on on uh, flight tracker, wherever it would have been. The flight tracker, right? Is yes, the website yes, yep. where he found this thing, or where he found this thing, and put it out there. That the plane left Arkansas, came to Iowa City, spent three hours in Iowa City. That same plane then left Iowa City and flew into Minneapolis. Uh, I was there for three hours before flying to Reno, where Nevada just happens to be. So the three cities that the three coaches were associated with the opening at Arkansas, the... Plane. Don't know who was on the plane, but they just happened to get to all three of those cities. Now, Matt Weitzel, subsequently, he is the SID for basketball, right? Steve Rhodes, it's his department. Yep. Uh, but the SID for basketball is um, is Matt Weitzel.
1: Weitzel, and I want to find the exact tweet, Trent. Do you have it? I don't. Not the Weitzel one. I can find it. What is it? Big Whites. I think, is what he is on Twitter, something like right. that. Right. He came out uh, in response to Scott Dockerman and threw a little bit of cold water on the tweet by
0: saying that Fran spent a portion of the day, Monday, here in Des Moines, speaking to a group of seniors. Seniors, like, I don't think senior citizens. I think senior basketball players. Yes, yes.
1: It's an event. I actually went to it. I was invited a year ago to it. All the seniors that are graduating. Mm -hmm. And then some bigwigs. Bigwig. What do you mean by bigwig? Coaches? No, no. In the business community, we're wow. there. So you shake hands with somebody from Nationwide and somebody from Wells and and on down the road. Saw Barb Baker there from Grand Mutual. Uh-huh. Those people that are looking for graduating seniors okay, are there. And So what would McCaffrey be doing there? Well, the coaches talk and they usually talk about their kids, the seniors that are there. Now, for him, it was Nicholas oh, Baer. I see. Yeah, and they say, hey... This kid's great, blah, blah, blah. They go through. we got a great group of kids. Mm -hmm. So coaches come up. They talk a little bit about their group. And then you glad hand and you shake hands. And for a lot of them, hopefully they get a job right Mm -hmm. out of college with it. Really cool event. I can't remember where it was. It was a place that I'd never been invited to. Top floor one of the uh, big buildings downtown. It was really cool. Well, this is was Matt Weitzel's
0: tweet. Were <laughs> you not surprised.
1: Uh, Fran McCaffrey
0: drove to Des Moines Monday afternoon to be at a function for Iowa's senior student-athletes for the remainder of the day. So the plane landed, according to the flight tracker, in Iowa City at uh, what time? 1.13, is that what it said? Yep. And then spent three hours till roughly 4 o'clock. The plane was in Iowa City uh, before it took off for... Minneapolis. Spent three hours in Minneapolis. The plane then left for Reno where apparently he met with Eric Musselman. So Matt Weitzel's coming out and saying, well, that, that didn't happen because Fran was in Des Moines at the time that the plane was in Iowa City. If there's as many people that were at this conference as you just learned at this conference, this gathering mm-hmm. that you say that there were, you would think that somebody would very, be very able to, very quickly to corroborate Big White's story.
1: Well, and if the flight departed Iowa City, as it says here, at five twenty-eight. Yep. Say the meeting wrapped up at four forty-five. It takes two hours to get to Des Moines from Iowa City. Yep. The event starts at seven. Oh, well, the event starts at seven. Yeah. So the
2: when plot when I was there
1: a year ago.
0: So how can you find out that website? Could you do? You remember who invited you last year?
1: I would have to. Now what the look. hell were you doing? That's anyway? a great question because <laughs> I'm not than handing being out. TC Sports LLC is not handing out <laughs> jobs. No, <laughs> anytime. Well, hopefully someday. Unless you had, had a plan
0: to replace me, because you and I were together <laughs> at the time.
1: Right? No, <laughs> it was nothing like that. I got invited. I'm like, oh yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I. I I don't think but I'm exactly th- a you're, business leader here at Moines by sure. any means. But you're confident that this was an event at night? It now, was in the evening, yes. That would make sense because these seniors... I had a show until 6 o'clock at the time. You did, with Jimmy B. I got there at 6.30. Mm-hmm. The From 6 to 7 was have a drink, uh-huh. shake hands, meet people, and the oh, actual Trent, event- you,
0: You're onto something here, dude, because here's the other part. These kids are in school. If this is senior, this is
1: 12th graders, mm-hmm. they're in school in the afternoon. No, not 12th graders seniors in college hawkeye this is nicholas bear gotcha this is a senior baseball player. okay My my okay i I follow that's what this is so they can get out of school yeah yeah. Yeah. (laughs) it's not a big deal and and they bring a couple of buses you know they they hop on a greyhound Mm -hmm. and they make their way over and then they get to meet business people in des moines and that's how how it's set up but yeah this is not an afternoon thing right so perhaps i'm blowing a hole in big White's theory i think you just did now, I might have to get, what was the name of the White Sox fan? He might have to come with me because White's is a big dude. Yeah, I, White's the craw. The craw. The craw's a big dude. Yeah, the, I need the craw on my side on this one. But I, it doesn't lead down a path that it, certainly, unless it changed this year, mm-hmm. I don't see what, how that has one to do with the other. So the the plane left Iowa City at 528. We
0: know that. Mm-hmm. How far is the, I mean, who knows where McCaffrey would have met the
1: this plane. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing not in the basketball offices. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't. Well, And Hunter Juracek, the athletic director of Arkansas, this is not how you do it. You don't go to the actual city where these guys coach. Right. Not normally. You're supposed to meet somewhere else. Like, Kirk Ferentz, that meeting that he first had with Bullsby, that happened in Atlanta. He was in Baltimore. Mm. They met in Atlanta. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Come on, Hunter Juracek. Be better. Yeah, um... Well, we'll see. We'll, we're going to follow
0: this one. Trent, I think yeah, that's, that's good information on your part, Trent. You were at it last year. You would know that it was a night event. If that was the case this year, if it was an e- event in the evening. And it was. This last, year, too? It was last year. Okay. So we'd not 100% that the event happened, but you're right. I mean, it's a two hour drive mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that, um, you know, McCaffrey. The meeting ended, and the plane doesn't leave instantly. There was some lag time there, so let's say meeting ended at five. Event happened at seven. He can be there by then. Absolutely, no problem at all. I believe Fran McCaffrey met with Arkansas. I'm sorry, Matt. Why still I do? I completely. Rob How asked Fran McCaffrey this morning if you if you spoken with uh, Arkansas. His response was, "No, no,
1: a one word response." Coach is lying about job. I never thought
0: I'd see the day. (laughs) Well, take a time out. We're going to talk uh, Cyclones next. But we may be on to a coaching search, which would certainly perk things up here at KXNO on the four time slots that have local conversation. We're here until noon. Alex Halstead on Iowa State had a couple of coaching opportunities yesterday to speak with coaches. We're also going to do that uh, with uh, Mark Morehouse coming up as well. We will talk to Mark at uh, 1135. Do you want to go for the green? Let's do it. Iowa.org. Learn more at marines.com. It's 24 hour sports, morning, noon, and night, here on 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you until noon. Murphy and Andy at two, Fanatics at four, and then we'll do it all again tomorrow. Morning Rush getting underway at six. Let's get Cycling Alerts Alex Halstead in here, shall we? He joins the program. Alex, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you?
3: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. And uh, moving through, spring football, but this basketball stuff's picking up too, so I'm staying busy here, even as we get to the dog days. Of the offseason, yeah,
0: no doubt about it. So let's start with the basketball news first of all. And I know that the, the transfer portal is wide open, which is great for your business. You follow recruiting very closely. Uh, who is Prom in on, and what are the likelihoods that he, uh, uh, you know, goes back to that transfer portal and finds uh, somebody to uh, to take from there and put on the roster?
3: Yeah, so the, the transfer portal is definitely going to be something that I think Iowa State probably engages with, but it it has not really heated up yet. Um, right now, Iowa State's got two open scholarships. Obviously, um, one of those comes from the departure of Cameron Bard. The other one comes from uh, Taylon Horton Tucker declaring for the NBA draft, assuming that he stays in it, and I think his letter made it sound like he has every intention of staying in the draft unless something you know kind of goes wrong here later in the process. So that's two scholarships. Lindell Williamson's scholarship could still open maybe as soon as this week if he declares. So you're looking at two or three scholarships open for Iowa State this off season, and They're not going to fill all that at the high school level. So I think eventually they're going to dip into the transfer market. That could be a spot transfer, like a grad transfer, to to fill a specific hole. But Steve Prohm has also liked using uh, sit-out transfers uh, a little bit, too, because he's not a guy that plays a deep rotation. He you know, a lot of times settles by the time you get to Big 12 play on eight guys. And when you're only playing eight guys, you don't need always a a full 13-man roster. And so he's he's always liked the idea of having one or two guys that could be sit-out transfers and then they develop, and then they're ready when other guys leave. So I do think they'll go to the transfer market, but uh, there's been most talk about high school guys here in the first few days.
1: One of those high school guys, you have an article up at CycloneAlert.com, Caleb Grill, a kid that was committed to play for T.J. Otzelberger at South Dakota State, but it's not like this is just a mid-major recruit. He had... Big-time offers even before he made that commitment to South Dakota State. And since then, not just Iowa State, but K-State, Creighton, Illinois, and of course UNLV with Hatzelberger have gotten involved. What do you think uh, about Grill as a player and a Wichita kid? Chances for Iowa State there?
3: Yeah, this was one of the most intriguing mid-to-low-major commit signees in this cycle because, like you said, he committed to South Dakota State, signed with South Dakota State way back last August and November, for those two things, and when he did that, you know he committed to them over um, offers from Texas Tech, Nebraska, Washington State. You know, so he had a high major offers, but T.J. Otzelberger had built a good relationship. I think this is the home played a, a factor for that too. Although some of those other schools were probably just as close, but um, you know that was a big gift for T.J. Otzelberger at South Dakota State. He was in, he wasn't wavering on that decision or anything. Uh, but when burger left for UNLV. Uh, last Friday, uh, he was given his release from South Dakota State, and you know he told me things have picked up really quickly from then. Iowa State was on the phone with him Friday night, um, and you know since then it's like you said the schools that have reached out have been Iowa State, Kansas State, Illinois, Creighton, and now UNLV with Otto out there. So uh, yesterday or on Monday he was at Kansas State. Yesterday he was at Iowa State. Today he's at Creighton. The dead period kicks in, and then after the dead period he could take an official visit to UNLV, but. The biggest news out of it so far is that uh, his trip to Iowa State has yielded an offer, and so Iowa State's going to make a little run at him, and we'll see what he, what he does. I think his head's kind of spinning right now, but you know, by the end of April, he could be. Uh, making a
0: decision, hmm. Alex Halstead is our guest. Alex, your podcast, The Cyclone Scoop, getting a lot of run. Why wouldn't it? Uh, Jamie Pollard was part of it. Um, give us a couple of bullet points. I don't want you to you know share the whole thing. I want people to go there. Uh, but for the maybe the non-podcasters in the listening audience, and um, particular the one I'm interested in the part, of the portion of is the Big Twelve TV outlook. So if you would answer that one uh, for us, and maybe a couple of other takeaways, that'd be great.
3: Yeah, I tried to go kind of wide ranging because there's so many different things you can talk to about, and you know the Big 12 TV piece is, is one that kind of comes up on on cycle and we at least a decent amount. I think people sometimes wonder what the future of not only the Big 12 is but college athletics because you know it seems like there's once a year this this story about 2024, 2025. You know when those TV deals come up, is is the whole landscape going to going to change or our conference going to alter to you know go by region? There's just so many different theories and it's. Still a little ways out, but we're getting closer and closer to those those contract dates. And so, Powers said he doesn't really think, he, did, he doesn't seem to think it's going to play a, a huge role. I think he thinks everything's going to settle just fine. Um, you know, he, he brought up 2007 or 2008, you know, this same, all these contracts came up at the same time and everything settled. Um, you know, he did, you know, kind of say that, you don't know, maybe it'll be a Netflix or an Amazon that plays into the next round of TV deals, but that it's he doesn't think it's necessarily going to be kind of doomsday for, you know, various conferences. Um, I, I think another interesting thing that jumped out to me in talking to him was, was, you know, the contract extensions and you know, he brought up the one with Steve Prohm and, you know, a little frustrated with the rumors that fly around because, you know, he said it got to the point where Alabama's athletics director called him and said, we have not reached out to him. We, he's, his agent is not leveraging you guys. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, even today, I think I've been seeing the Fran McCaffrey rumors floating around. It's just like some of these rumors sometimes start and they do reach the highest levels where your athletic directors are calling each other and saying what, what's true or what's not true.
1: Alex, I want to take you back from your conversation with Jamie Pollard, back to basketball for a moment. You know, a year ago. Of course, it was a disappointing season for Iowa State basketball, but we were talking so much about Taylor Horton-Tucker and Condit and Halliburton and Griffin coming into that four-player recruiting class and tapping into Chicago. This year's recruiting class, they got three high school players that are signed, but we just haven't talked much about it. Now, I'm sure part of it is none of these guys are highly ranked. But tell us a little bit about this three-man recruiting class for basketball. Luke Anderson, a big from uh, from Florida that can step out and shoot it. Trey Jackson, a combo guard from South Carolina. And then Mercedes Leach, who might be the most intriguing of this group. This is a kid before injuries, had some big-time offers. Tell us a little bit about each of those guys, if you could.
3: Yeah, this has definitely been a little bit different recruiting class. I think partly because you know last year we were talking a lot about you know, Payman Horton Tucker and he was nearing the five star status on, on by some services I think and and so there's a lot more fanfare around around that recruiting class. Not to say I was state doesn't like this recruiting class. Like you said, I think it's just flown a little bit more under the radar. I think, you know, you brought up Marcitas Leach, he was kind of the first guy in the class and, and you know, he's a former at the beginning of this cycle, you know, when they first started rating, you know, these two thousand nineteen kids, he was a top fifty player, but he had a significant leg break. Um cost him his junior year Uh, and it it really you know had a huge effect on his recruitment you know Kansas was in on him early other schools like that and a lot of schools backed off and Iowa State's willing to take a chance here he played this this full last year um, down in uh, Jonesboro Arkansas and you know he's healthy by all accounts and so if he if he lives up to even some of what people thought he was early uh, I think that could be the steal of the class just because you know, there's just so many unknowns, but he obviously had potential and had the talent before the injury. Um, I think the sleeper of the class probably is Trey Jackson, and that's how the staff feels. You know, um, kid from South Carolina, and I'm, I'm not saying he's John Morant, but I think he. They feel like you know they obviously you know James Kane recruited John Morant to uh, Murray State, and I think they feel he's along the lines in terms of not necessarily going to be the second round, second overall pick in the NBA draft, but that he similarly was under recruited uh, majorly, and so they think he could play pretty quickly at Iowa State and then the third guy is you know uh Luke Anderson from Lakeland Florida and he's a kid that's you know bigger at six foot eight he considers himself a wing I think in in Iowa State's offense he can probably play the the three or the four um and he's kind of an intriguing guy that you know is big but can step out and and hit the three so it's kind of a, a variety um you know like you said a guy that they took a chance on with Leach and then a guy that they think is, is a sleeper in, in Trey Jackson.
0: Uh, last thing, Alex Halstead, Cyclone Alert. I know you've had an opportunity to to speak with some of the position coaches, football coaches, uh, this week in Ames. Uh, a takeaway or two. Must be real easy this, uh, this year anyways for uh, Coach Rasheed to get out of bed and go to work. He's got a great group to coach.
3: Yeah, he returns everything on that line, and, and that's kind of what the talking point was yesterday, I think. One interesting thing is, we've talked about this before, but Will McDonald, you know, kind of the one of their star freshmen last year that you know was a star kind of more so behind the scenes because they end up trying to keep his redshirt and only played him in four games. But, you know, the first play that they put him on the field, he got a strip sack against TCU. And so he he obviously showed up last year. He's been at linebacker this spring. And um, yesterday I asked, you know, Eli Rasheed about that. And he said, you know, some of that is going to be if he can learn that Outside linebacker spot, and if he can stick there, and primarily the thing that he's got to learn, and they got to see if he can do is, you know, drop back into coverage. But if he can do that, he's going to be kind of the unique piece that can change the defense because we obviously know Iowa State is a three-man front, and um, that's what they are. But if Will McDonald can play the outside linebacker spot, they think they can quickly switch between a three-man and a four-man front without other teams really even knowing when they're going to do it. And so uh, that's kind of what they did a little bit at Toledo. And if, if Will McDonald can learn that position this spring, um, that's something that's going to be possible. Is they might be a three man front, but then all of a sudden Will McDonald moves up from his outside linebacker spot. And they become mm-hmm. a, a four man front without subst- without substituting. So that that's what really caught my attention yesterday.
0: Good stuff, Alex Halstead. CycloneAlert.com. Cyclone Scoop is the podcast. He had an opportunity to spend some time with Jamie Pollard. Give it a listen, uh, Alex Halstead. Thank you, Alex. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you, Alex Halstead. So, um, I just had a text conversation with Scott Dockerman, who's mm-hmm. got maybe a little bit more information. Oh, really? I mean, he's got a... I didn't ask him if I could share it. Uh-huh. Do you think I can? Maybe well, you can he... ask him
1: during the break. Nah, I want to do it now.
0: Oh! <laughs> so, apparently, and this is... this We don't know if this is happening or not. Yes, but yes. But the, the, sh- the cover, mm-hmm. the, the Monday get-together with the college seniors here in Des Moines where Matt Weitzel came out and said that he was here for that. And we know that there was a plane that landed in Iowa City at 1 o'clock in the afternoon on Monday and Mm -hmm. then left at 3 o'clock or whatever time it was. Um, Landed at whatever. There was also a plane that left Iowa City on Sunday night headed to Arkansas.
1: Oh.
0: And that plane or another plane left that same airport on Monday to come back to Iowa City. So did Franny Mac get on the plane Sunday night? Meet uh-huh. there, come back on that plane, jump in his car, drive to Des Moines, do the event. No, I was in I was in Des Moines on Monday.
1: You know, it was the event. I got proof. He's got that. But we didn't know about the plane that left. There is a piece before we get to Monday. Maybe so. Scott Dockerman's a great journalist, isn't he? He's what, a good reporter. One of my favorite coaching moments is Dana Altman at Arkansas right, when he page, was there. Yeah, yeah. And him looking around as they are calling the hogs. Yeah.
0: Ooh.
1: That was awful. <laughs> and they quit and the next he day. Looked around. You could just see bewildered. What the hell have I got myself into? What are these weirdos I'm a doing away from Creighton? <laughs> and this is a guy that, I mean, he. Went to school in Manhattan, Kansas—not exactly right. Manhattan, New York. Yeah, you know, and he was looking around like, "What did I get myself into? What's Franny getting himself into?" We'll see
0: uh, if there's something there. Mark Morehouse next, Cedar Rapids Gazette, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty. Solve hunger. Fourteen sixty KXNO. Program. Save the best for last, perhaps. No offense, Alex Halstead, David Kaplan, Mark Moorehouse really good guest. We're gonna talk some hawks. As we take you up until the top of the hour. Um another element. added. it continues to that smoke's getting a little thicker, isn't it? It, it
1: is, as
0: we see any fire yet or just smoke.
1: Just still smoke. Okay. Uh caller called in and said that on Flight Aware, also right after the fl- plane departed Iowa City the Arkansas plane, Mm -hmm. there was a different flight. It came from Iowa City to Des Moines. Mm -hmm. Private plane. As we know, the coaches have an ability to use those. What kind of flight would that be? 20 minutes? Not long. You can get here. I I saw people saying, well, they saw him at dinner. Well, you get here in 20 minutes, you can get to dinner beforehand. there's, There's a lot going on here. I think at the very least, we can all conclude that we're never gonna talk about Fred Hoiberg for the next few days on this station. That, that, that's true. Not I me,
0: mean, I'm I'm speaking for everybody yes. here and I don't I don't speak for other shows, but that's just a guess.
1: Yes. This is there is a lot of smoke here. Freddie McCaffrey, at the very least, has had conversations
0: with Arkansas. There is very little doubt about that, despite the fact that he came out this morning and said to Rob How, "No, I have not spoken with him." Scott Dockerman is a very good journalist. Mm-hmm. His former colleague is Mark Morehouse. He belongs in that category as well. Mark Trenton, Ken, how are you? Aren't coaching searches and rumors fun?
2: I, uh, you know, I've covered uh, Kirk Fenness for twenty years. Yeah, so, good uh, point. I, uh, it, it was it was heavy in the front end. It yeah. really was. I mean, every yeah. year there was some NFL stuff mm-hmm. and. Uh, let me tell you, I I ran into some dark corners, and uh, I had to press hands, shake hands with a bunch of people I didn't know to get information. And you know, I think the best scoop I ever got out of it was something about Kurt Warner. So uh, there you go. <laughs> Speaking of that, I'll say this: I'll say this, I'll say this though about the cafe. I had I, I do have a, a, friend, a journalist friend out uh, out east who uh, covers basketball fairly heavily. And he called me a few years ago and did tell me that uh, there was—I can't remember—was Pitt or Georgia Tech, but McCaffrey was in that race, or he was had a resume out, so he's he's versed in the in, in in moving the resume around and finding the interest. Uh, and you know there was a reason why last year Barta signed him to a extension after coming, you know, I think it was coming off or was it going into the four and fourteen? I can't remember hundred percent. But there was movement on his contract, and it was probably spurred out of looking around mm-hmm. and interest. So uh, this this one, I don't know how to characterize it. Arkansas is not out east, so it doesn't make sense geographically. But there's this thing called dollars that might be <laughs> might matter. So I, you know, I who knows? Let's sit back and kind of enjoy this.
1: Well, and, and the other element, his son, obviously Patrick coming in. Release from scholarship, if that would be a move, that'd be a very easy kind of way to tie this together. Secondly, well, then you get Connor playing baseball in the SEC at Arkansas. And there's no sit out there. There's is there? no sit out in baseball. Right. That that adds there another layer.
2: I wouldn't expect there to be a sit out for anybody transferring anywhere with it. I agree. If, if, mm-hmm. if it came to this, just because transfer rules right now are just paper, yep. uh, people are people are blowing through those like nothing.
0: Well, are we on the end? I'm just gonna say, Mark, go are we on the cusp of free? Uh, not air quote, free agency in college
2: athletics? Uh, well, I thought it was interesting. Last, uh, time. Gary Barta is on the transfer committee and he said one, one uh, last time I talked to him, he, he said one uh, uh, idea that was gaining traction was five years to play five and that is it. No red shirt, you red shirt, that's one of your years. If you get hurt, that's one of your years. If you get hurt for two years, that's two of your years. So it's five years. They're moving towards they want to move toward a five years to play five. I don't know if that'll be possible. And then we'll see what kind of shenanigans will go on. Cause let's say a guy from, uh, Oh, let's say, uh, let's say, uh, Nevada football, a guy kind of like James Butler guy from Nevada football shows up his sophomore year, catches 150 passes. Hey, it's time to go to some big place. You know, I could see, you know, some, some robbing of the really talented guys to get to the big stage, you know, you know, in the SEC or big 10, but, uh, I think transfer. I, I think it should be freer. I really do. I think it's time to, you know, time to get rid of these these, these archaic. You know, uh, uh, if if kids want to go play somewhere else, let them go play. I still think though, if it's in within conference and the conferences can have their own rules, conferences should be able to veto or to make them sit out a year. Not not veto, but sit out a year if it's transferring within conference.
1: Mark, I want to go back to something you mentioned early on, talking about Kirk Ferentz and some of those hands he had to shake and phone calls that you made. How close was he leaving during this 21 years to going? You go back to Hayden Fry, many people will say he was maybe another phone call away from taking the USC job there in the mid-80s. And we know Jacksonville was something that was rumored about early in his tenure for Kirk. Uh, Michigan Lloyd Carr very much coveted him becoming the coach and the heir apparent to him. That obviously didn't come to fruition. How close do you think, Kirk, give us a story or two, how close Kirk was to leaving Iowa City during this two-decade run?
2: I think the Jacksonville. If I had to characterize them, I'd say Jacksonville was the one because it became a huge headline, and it was something that spilled into my, into my phone. I didn't have a cell phone back then. This was actual phone phone. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's true. But that one showed up more than any others. Uh, the Michigan one is tougher to characterize. Um, I think he was on the list, but beyond that. I think Penn State had to have been really, really interested at some point. Um, I don't know if, where that went, but they were, you know, another one that I remember dealing with was uh, Indianapolis. Uh, yeah, I remember that one Meeting, hey. meeting somewhere in Chicago. And, you know, it all gets really, I mean, uh, one story that I almost had was, uh, uh Oh, Greg, uh, Greg McDermott uh, meeting in Chicago to talk to Iowa State about the Iowa State job. I almost got that one, but uh, hmm. so that's it's it's there's a bit you know if this if this proceeds, there'll be a, there'll be elements of truthiness to to things that people need to you need to get with the journalists that you trust or the voices that you trust and hope they're right because there's going to be you know you guys I think you guys did a great job of just running that down from Des Moines yesterday. Well, it takes twenty minutes to fly to Des Moines if you have a jet. Then, well, then you have dinner in Des Moines. You saw X and X and X, you know it's it's all very tricky and slick. And no one wants to get no one wants to get totally pinned. No one wants to show up at a mall in Burlington and have you know uh, Scott <laughs> nice. and I over there doing a podcast, yeah. and all of a sudden there's a meeting or we have McCaffrey in Arkansas. So <laughs> no one wants that to happen. But uh, it, it, I'm kind of you got, I'm with you guys. I mean, nothing spurs interest more than coaching searches. Although, you, you have to be rigorous in what you say and do, but mm-hmm. yeah, people people eat that stuff up.
0: No question. Especially this time of year, Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Well, Mark, let's talk some football. Uh, sure. Yesterday, you had some opportunity to speak to some of the coaches, but the Armani Jones thing is interesting to me. And... And it's been pointed out, and I think you pointed out on Twitter, this isn't necessarily going to be a complete change as to how they're going to, you know, run their defenses. Um what can you tell us about Amani Jones and is there some um is there a chance that we're gonna see him maybe taking an Anthony Nelson or Parker hecky Hesse's he spots, although AJ's on that side, but what what can you tell us about Jones?
2: He's not beating out uh Ebenezer no. or Chauncey Golston. Uh, Iowa has two pretty good defensive ends and so that makes that makes. I, I. 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 don't mean this to sound um, derogatory, but it's kind of a novelty thing, you know. He's a 5'11", 246 and forty six pound linebacker who can squat over six hundred pounds. So mm. you want that on the field somewhere. Now a five eleven defensive end could probably just get picked up and hugged by an offensive lineman. Offensive or offensive tackles they're six seven. So there's there's a wingspan. There's there's a physics lesson here. I don't think you know. Maybe there's some power there. Maybe there's some quickness. I don't know. But uh, I don't see a one thing I think we learned last year is Iowa's defense doesn't have to look like it always has, and I think that's the big lesson with the four-two-five and the cash hybrid safety linebacker position. They're willing to pull buttons, different buttons now to compete. They're, they're not stuck to three linebackers. They're not. That's not the only philosophy. So, you know, so that's different. Things can be different with Iowa's defense now, and I, and I would say that the four-two-five works, and the fact that Ferris is saying that it's part of their DNA now. And that they are openly, you know, trying guys in position tells me that that is something that they're going to dwell with. This might be just something like, okay, you have this fantastic athlete and this spirit, great spirit on the team in Amani Jones. I mean, he, he ran the uh, uh, the big yell session on the field before and pregame last year. So that's, that's a guy who has some status on the team. And you have him just kind of sitting on the bench and doing uh, special teams. You got to engage him somewhere. You got to at least explore engaging him somewhere. And this is the time of year you do that. I don't think Iowa will ever run a three four because it's moving having a defensive line a linebacker who can play defensive end and running and dropping the flat, that's just known blitzing. You know, there's other I don't see Ferrence ever getting away from four defensive linemen and playing a three four that's a whole bunch of different technique. They could be downloading that this spring, but I really doubt
1: it. Well and you have to be able to get the guy to play the middle of that thing to run it effectively. And we know the way that Iowa's been built. They can build some big guys, but getting that Olive Salopolo at Wisconsin. Those 335-pound guys, don't see a whole lot of them in Iowa City.
2: That's a great point, Trent. And uh, I would say nose guard, or one technique, or whatever you want to call the position mm-hmm. for Iowa, is largely unproven. Uh, Cedric Lattimore, you know, he, he had, I think, his best year last year. Well, it's, you know, he needs to do that again this year. And you still don't know what you have in Dav- Davion Nixon. So... um he's not we do know that they're not 335 pounds they're not uh gilbert brown who the packers has <laughs> kind of uh <laughs> run the 3-4 form but even beyond that uh the outside linebackers haven't been taught you know certain situations they haven't been taught how to see it this is a lot of downloading and teaching and you know it's it's just not uh it's not the matrix you can't plug a cord in the back of your head and okay three four got it uh it just doesn't work that way and you know i I just don't see a whole that kind of a wholesale change. I just don't. But I do see, you know, hey, they're gonna have the the line the cash position. They're gonna have maybe mommy Jones kind of fading in and out. And Iowa does do a, a lot uh, not a lot, but you know, one or two times a game. They'll you'll see Adrian Epinesa drop about five or six yards off coverage and off of the line of scrimmage into flat. So they like the zone blitz, and uh, maybe Imani Jones becomes a really key part of that packet.
0: Hmm. Uh, Gilbert Brown, was, was his nickname The Undertaker? Gravedigger. Gravedigger. Digger. That that's Gravedigger. what it
1: was. All
0: right. <laughs> uh, hell of a career with the Packers. That's no doubt about it. 97, his number?
2: Uh, i think so uh, but you know I every time so, i go too. up there every time every time i see a pack of him, I think he's signing an autograph right? is that a fact uh, he's still he, he still looks the same yeah and he's huge but yeah uh, anyway yeah that uh the iowa does not have that trend is exactly correct mm. that's one thing that i jumped on to
0: did you see big buff the other night
2: uh, i did not i'm getting a little nervous uh did the did the Did the Avalanche win? Last yes, day? they won. They won. And the Wilder eliminated. Wilder
0: eliminated. Blackhawks are eliminated. But Blackhawks yeah. are eliminated. Yeah. Google uh, Bufflin, uh, Caligula. Caligula. Um, I will. It was as one side as you would imagine. Well, uh, no, uh,
2: I. I. Lately, I've been kind of checking out the Chara on HockeyFights dot com, and that's just not fair. Those guys are the not, arms. It's not fair. He's what 6'9"? Six, nine? Six, nine, and, and nobody nine. could get within a county of, of landing anything on his head. So. He wins every fight. It's not even really fun one. watch.
0: It isn't. You're fun to talk to, Mark. We look forward to next week. Thank you. You bet, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you, Mark Morehouse. Cedar Rapids Gazette, we spend a little time on the Hawkeyes with uh, with Mark. All right, Trent, so let's um, kind of put a bow on this, at least for our portion of the day. We yes. um, fell into this one. Thank you, Scott Darkerman, a regular Monday guest for this, for putting out the flat flight tracker stuff. The um, And Rob Howe did some work this morning as mm-hmm. well, got flat out told no. There had been no conversation. Do you believe there's been conversation? Yes. So do I. Um, do you, I mean, we don't know if, if what I was told this morning that Eric Musselman's wife does not want to go to the South. Okay. She's, she wants to stay in Reno and apparently he removed himself from consideration last night. That's what I was told. The Patino thing is still on the table. What, what's, what's he proving? I mean, I think it And this is what I was told pursuant to that too. This guy had no, no opinion on McCaffrey, mm-hmm. but he told me that Patino was leveraging this.
1: To get a little more it's security a little, a little in Minnesota, bump. yeah, it's I a, mean a little bump. Th- this year was make or break for him. Mm-hmm. If they didn't make the NCAA tournament, he was fired. Probably so. yeah. So now, all right, I made the tournament, and I'd like a little more security with it—an extra There's couple years. back, do you know, he hasn't announced. Well, I hope he does. I, I, at the very least, he's going to be evaluated. He's got to right. put his oh, name. Oh, sure. Down. And what he did as a point guard this year, I sure. think he finds a home in the NBA. I agree with you. The, you tighten up that ball I agree handling. With you, we're we're both. Big Amir Coffee fan. Yeah, and I'm a Big Ten
0: basketball fan, so selfishly I want him to come back, but certainly understand why he wouldn't. <laughs> right. Uh, so we'll see. All right, plenty of day baseball today. Your twins play?
1: Yes. We're already underway with the first game of the day Brewers. Brewers and Reds. Brewers are good. Yeah, they are. Haters, unbelievable. They're... That's going to be a fun division. I hope the Cubs are part of that race. That rotation isn't worth a lick, but when you got a bullpen. And they got some bats, too. Let's Christian Yelich, yeah, won an MVP.
0: He's something. He's a nice ball player. He is in the conversation. When you're talking about the best players in the game, he's a name that's it's, it's going to get brought up more and more. Yes. But he's in the conversation right now, I mm-hmm. think. Boy, he's gifted. He's gifted. He's 27 years old still. This Young is, dude. This is the prime, right? Or if he's about to enter the prime. Yeah,
1: 27-28, that's the baseball
0: prime. Indeed. All right, uh, Murph and Andy, this afternoon, we'll see if they pick up on, if there's any more news on the McCaffrey front. not saying it's going, but there's interest and a lot of smoke. A lot of smoke there is at this point. Fanatics at 4. Rush tomorrow morning, the morning rush tomorrow at 6. Trent and I resume, well, 22 hours from now. Glad you're with us. You can listen to any portion of the show again at the podcast, KXNO.com. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.